0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Michael Kist. You caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak.
0: You never listen!
1: It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak show. This is episode 202 brought to you by the five folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Ten Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's Ben. How you doing, brother?
0: Like every day is a good day to be alive. I, first short week of the year. Forgot how much this sucks. There's <laughs> too many things. There's too much going on. We just got the film. and Oh, if only it was Sunday, I would know exactly what the final score would be. But alas, it's Thursday. And that's why I'll have no idea what the final score is. It has nothing to do with the complete impossibility of predicting anything the Eagles do this entire year.
1: I've never felt more wanted than in a short week. The media, and I'm not even trying to brag, like the media requests are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got 15 minutes here, you got 15 minutes here. I got no time whatsoever for anybody. I'm stuck here basically recording and editing with you guys all week, trying to catch up with this doggone short week.
0: you love it.
1: I do. I mean, yeah, you do. It, it could be a lot worse. I could be, you know, at my old job, just having my soul sucked through my butthole. Anyway, so what we're going to talk about today, so we're going to get into this Thursday night preview with the Eagles and the Giants, just a blockbuster event, can't miss type of stuff. Uh, ben, first, before we get into that, I, I was telling you about this poll that I'm running on Twitter right now. And the poll is basically, and it applies to any NFC East team fan, do you really want your team? To win the division. And it's it's close, man. And you understand, like, I have a lot of Eagles followers. So this is probably mostly Eagles followers. There are some Cowboys in there as well. But 54% say yes, they want to win the division. 46% say That's nice. no. 46% say no. Ben, wh- where are you? I know we had this conversation last year. And I think I know where we right. stand on this. But where are you on this right now?
0: I want my team to lose if I want somebody to be fired. And I don't mm. want anybody to be fired. So I don't want them to lose. I'd like for them to win, yeah. right? And I think that's one of the things about Doug Peterson is that we're now in year three of Peterson's off to a slow start. Is the seat getting hot? I'll never forget when we did the podcast last year where yeah. like somebody ranked him as a top five hot seat coaching candidate and I was like, my G...
1: Yeah, not no. happening this year.
0: Right, and it's i do don't—it's very clearly to me not the case again this year. So I'd like for them to win. I, I have a lot of faith in Doug Peterson, and I continue to have faith in Harry Roseman, perhaps uh, needlessly and a little bit too trustingly, but that's a different conversation for a different podcast. So yeah. because I don't want to see anybody fired coaching staff front office-wise, I'd like for them to continue winning. I'd like for them to make the playoffs. I think that uh, four straight playoff appearances for Peterson and for Roseman will be acknowledged as a... Reflection on the quality of work that they've done, which I, I believe they've done good work. I'd like also for them to realize that some of the decisions they've made have made the team worse and not better. And even though they did make the playoffs, doing so while only winning seven games probably <laughs> indicates that you've got some new decisions and some improvements to make. Um, so that that's that's a bit of a tricky balance. But yeah, I want the Eagles to win the division. I, I think that the Eagles. Uh, I believe they're small favorites right now to win the NFC East at most books. And I believe that is appropriate right now. They're the team in which you have to have the most faith. They're the only team that has recently played well. They're obviously, mm. uh, they, they don't have the major injury that the Cowboys just had. Uh, and they also remain un you know, uh, uh, clearly able to get the wins they need to get over the giants and over the Cowboys who are the only, like, you know, the, 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 the amount of divisional games they have left is encouraging in terms of figuring out that win. So, With that considered, with the the past November, December surges of Peterson considered, yeah, I'd like for the Eagles to make the playoffs. I won't be like, Super Bowl, baby! (laughs) But I'd still like to see it.
1: When you get into like six and and, and seven wins, especially at least from where the Eagles are right now, think about what it would take to get there or not get there. To get there, you need certain things to go right. You need certain things to click. The defense has to come together a little bit more. The offense has to continue to figure things out. Carson Wentz has to continue to play well they have to have a good supporting cast of young guys that are are maybe keepers that you can keep around guys like Travis Fulgham you know maybe you find a a hidden gem on the offensive line you get a contribution from somewhere where maybe you wouldn't have even thought to look before all these things have to go right would you rather none of them go right just so you can get a singular higher draft pick in the first round you say it affects the rest of the draft but is, is that all we're talking about here? When you can have multiple things trend in the right direction for the Eagles moving forward, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the thing is like in, in, in recent memory, you can make cases. You can make uh, you know anecdotal cases for the Eagles with higher draft picks getting the players that we would have wanted them to get. Right. So like in 2020, if the CD Eagles lamb. <laughs> had lost the division instead of winning the division, and then they're picking at 17 and the, the Cowboys are picking at 21 and the Eagles get to pick CD lamb. And obviously we don't know anything about what Jalen Rager is yet. He's missed three of the last five games, right. In, yeah. in his rookie season. So we We're don't have yet. the information we need uh, to say like, Oh, this, but obviously CD lamb has been good for Dallas. There's no arguing that. And a lot of Eagles fans wanted CD lamb. Um, I don't know, 2019, they obviously made the trade up for Dillard. Maybe they wouldn't have had to have trade up for Dillard. Would that have gone well for them? Either way, who knows? Um, But like you, you can make those cases. But it, in the aggregate, the 12th overall pick is really not that much more likely to give you a good player than the 18th overall pick, or mm-hmm. using the playoff analogy, right? the 18th overall pick, the 15th overall pick is really not that much more likely to get you the 21st overall pick. It is light more likely, it is definitely there, but like without knowing how the board's going to fall in hmm. October, it really just like it, it's not a super useful conversation in my opinion. It doesn't have much utility. So, hmm. I'd like to see the Eagles make the playoffs. If you're going to not make the playoffs, lose a lot of games. Yeah. If you are going to make the playoffs, right? right if you, that's still within the realm of possibility, which... Don't win five. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. Win three. It, it, win yeah. two. <laughs> it's very much in the realm of possibility. Uh, you know, then then, then we'll see. And I'll be honest with you. As me being the person that I am, yes, I would thoroughly enjoy the 5-10-1 Philadelphia yes. Eagles playing the 11-5 and five Chicago Bears, Carson Wentz versus Nick Poles, playing oh. behind a line of Luke Zoriga, Sua Opeta, Brett Toth, <laughs> Frickin' Jamon Brown back. They sign him again, right? And then, yeah, he loses to Foles 23 to 22. And then we do six whole months of talking about it. I would frickin' love that because it would be stupid and it would make me laugh. I, again, I, I'm I, very down for the Eagles to hold the record for the worst divisional champion to ever get in the playoffs. That would be very funny to me.
1: Speaking of the offensive line, there, there is some news. I mean, number one, the trade deadline is coming up. So obviously you have to trade for Chance Wormack to bring him back.
0: Oh, I forgot about Chance. Remember when Chance Wormack cost like $2 million and BLG maybe Forever Rain was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened.
1: <laughs> Lost his mind. Every
0: time we talked about contracts, BLG would be like, yo, Chance Wormack. And I was like, yeah, man, you're right. It yeah. was a bad contract.
1: <laughs> Two million dollars is killing him. But I mean, there is somebody out there uh, that that's a free agent now. With Quentin Spain being released by the Buffalo Bills, uh, the twenty mm-hmm. nine year old has started a lot of le- uh, a lot of games in the league and is probably better than just about all the healthy people on the on the Eagles line right now. Is that somebody that you're you're looking at for the Eagles to? take a swing on, kick the tires right. on. They did just restructure Fletcher Cox. We don't know if that was a regularly scheduled thing. Teams are kind of doing that right now, by the way. The Bucs did it. I think the 49ers did it with somebody else. But, uh, you know, is that someone you would like to bring in?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Has Quentin Spain played super well? No. <laughs> is Sold. He, Sold. Is he, <laughs> right, is he markedly yeah. better to the naked eye than Nate Herbig and... Matt Pryor slash Ramon Brown, absolutely yes. Grant in Spain would be an improvement. Now it's interesting because they wouldn't have just cut him; they would have tried to trade him, right? They've traded the Bills have traded like Wyatt Teller to the the Browns, and they traded Russell Bodine, and 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 they've they've moved dudes around on the offensive line before like this. Usually, so I I'd be stunned if Bean didn't try to trade him, and if Roseman and the Eagles were interested. I'm stunned that they didn't, you know, do a sixth round pick swap. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like the, for Wyatt Teller, that's what the Bills got, and now Teller's a starter for the Browns. But like,
1: and he's a and he's a star too. Yeah, he's by the way.
0: awesome, right? <laughs> so that all that to say that like I'm worried that the Eagles aren't going to be super interested. Now, is Spain a, a vested free? You say he's twenty nine?
1: Yeah. If I'm not yeah, mistaken. he's
0: a vest, yes, he's a vested veteran, which means mm-hmm. he's not on waiver. So it's not like you know, the Jets right. get the first crack and then the Falcons. No. It's he can sign with whomever he'd like to sign.
1: Like with Bell. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I imagine the Eagles will have a hat in the ring there, at least. Um, but I'm not sure the interest is super high because I would have imagined that the Eagles would have been willing to facilitate a quick trade for Quentin Spain. And then we could have talked about them being buyers or sellers in the trade market.
1: Not the most aggressive move in that scenario, but yeah, we (laughs) could definitely argue about that all day. Look, if they're buying some reinforcements at offensive line, I'm like, you know me, I kind of want to be a seller, but like brother, it comes a point where you got to protect your quarterback, right? Right, Exactly.
0: Jamon Brown (laughs) nearly got Carson Wentz murdered on multiple occasions. Like if your number one priority is Carson Wentz being the long-term quarterback, franchise quarterback for the Eagles, big part of that is health. And mm. a big part of health is not starting Jamon Brown on the offensive <laughs> line, right? Not like Matt Pryor's playing much better, Nate Hervey got a rough one against the Ravens. Quentin Spain helps. Quentin Spain is a good investment solely because he makes it that much more likely, even if it's slight. The Carson Wentz survives the 2020 NFL season. And that's, right. Pretty
1: important. 100%. All right, so we hit a couple talking points before we get into this uh, quick preview. Uh, again, short week, so it's going to be a bit of a shortened show. And, of course, BGN Radio has got you covered with their with their uh, hour-long show, The QB Factory. We reviewed, previewed Carson Wentz coming into the week. We also talked about some Daniel Jones. So I wanted to make sure that uh, Ben got some maritime. Ben's always got great notes, as as you noticed from the Solak and Solak show from last uh, Oh, wow. Last week. Now
0: we're complimenting the Solak and Solak show. How interesting.
1: Well, you can't really criticize something when it's dead, you know. That's just kind of yeah.
0: You, Mike, notably respectful <laughs> of like things deserving of it. Yeah, Mike, respecting the deceased. Okay.
1: So coming into this thing, uh, the Eagles are four and a half point favorites. I guess uh, the over under is, sure. uh, <laughs> is set at a set of forty five. That's according to DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, ben, this is the thirtieth and the thirty first overall dvoa teams going at it the giants just a tick above the eagles but the eagles of course playing better especially offensively lately what's your major feel on this game do you feel like it's a close one do you feel like it's a blowout where where are we going with this
0: how many giant starters on defense can you name
1: dalvin tomlinson
0: <laughs> uh yeah yeah <laughs> And I'm not, right, I, I, I'm i half screen with you. I'm not like, trying I mean, to put you on the yeah. spot at all. The point here being that this defensive line is what you would expect it to be. Got Delvin Tomlinson, got Dexter Lawrence, got Leonard Williams, got B.J. Hill. They mm-hmm. stop the run. Big guys in the middle. It's great. Everything else.
1: Just run outside, pass the ball.
0: <laughs> isn't as good. Uh yeah. They were starting Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez at edge, along with Kyler Fackrell as well. O'Shane Zimenez is now on injured reserve. Lorenzo Carter as out for the season with the Achilles. So now Kyler Fackrell is their primary snap getter at edge. If you've watched Kyler Fackrell before, he is not a good pass rusher. Former uh, Packer baby. He is yeah. Not good, yeah. Marcus Golden is now a big part of the edge rotation as well, uh, who oh. they brought back on the extended like second round tender or something. I don't know. They run back on some yeah. sort of tender. Uh, he's a decent pass rusher. He's a really bad run defender. Uh, and that's why they didn't really want him in the building anymore. He didn't really fit the Joe judge, you know, got to defend the run sort of a thing. Starting linebackers, Blake Martinez. Uh, if anybody, again, uh, ex Green Bay Packer, ex Mike, Mike Petton, great. This is the ideal guy you want to see on the opposing defense. If you want to throw the ball. at the second level, which the Eagles have really been struggling to do. They've been struggling to get Zacherts open. They're, you know, between the hashes, intermediate targets have totally gone out the window with all the injuries that they've dealt with. Kyler not excuse me, Blake Martinez, he's a solid run defender, he's a good field defender. He's just atrocious in in pass coverage. They're now spelling him with Tay Crowder, uh, who had the big fumble return for the touchdown. Tay Crowder is, I want to say... I'm pretty sure he was Mr. Insignificant, uh, you know, 256th overall pick in 2019. That sounds uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a Jag middle linebacker, you know, Georgia product, just, you know, sound guy, but athletically is not much. Instincts wise not much. Defensively, James Bradbury's going to put the clamps on Travis Fulgham. James Bradbury's been nice. playing outside of his mind. Really, yeah. really impressive. I'll be honest, I was big, you know, James Bradbury's a good corner, but... All those Julio, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans reps really show you that he can't really be a star covering corner. Right. And then it turns out when he left that division, it's easier to cover star receivers when they're not Julio Jones, Mike Evans, and and uh, Michael Thomas. Like he's had a great game against Allen Robinson, he had a good game against Terry McLaurin, and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, he's allowing a sixty nine point nine passer rating when targeted. I mean, he he really it's is falling. Like, it's a bit not knowing who's starting for them, but if there is one guy that's really, really balling and was a great, you know, uh, uh, sign for them, it definitely was Bradbury.
0: So, you got him. Logan Ryan is giving them exactly what they bought as well when they signed him, which is uh, good blitzing safety, good willing run defending slot corner, mm-hmm. cannot man cover for his life, and has <laughs> not been able to do so for the last couple of years. Uh, they, so they They play him predominantly in the nickel. Uh, you know, he's he, he's their base safety, and then they rotate him down the nickel. They do the same thing with Julian Love. And then their opposite corner is, like, Darnay Holmes or Ryan Lewis. Corey Ballantine is injured. What he about
1: Yadam? Yadam. Isaac Yadam. Do you want to now, or do
0: you want to keep guessing?
1: I'm going to keep guessing.
0: Yadam. Yadam. Yeah. Isaac Yadam, who? Man. I hate this. It was a third round pick out of Boston College by the Denver Broncos. I want to say it was the same class as Brendan Langley. So it was 2018. I don't know why. Why? I hate the fact that I'm becoming this guy who knows these things. Anyway, they really. He
1: was a senior bowl guy too. So like those guys kind of stick in your memory.
0: Well, they do for you because you go to the senior bowl. You don't. No, I'm. I'm ta- I, there. I know. I'm saying. I'm saying like I like. I have the draft like all year round. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. Like the Senior Bowl guys stick after you because you. Because you, we'll be together this year. you're like, who is that kid? I'm like, that's Isaac Yaton.
1: <laughs> those are the first guys I see. You're right. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um. So they're they're uh scraping the barrel there for corners. Uh, this long exposition on the Giants' defense to say that defensive coordinator and his name I actually don't know how to say Lou Anarumo is sure. just yeah. <laughs> Oh no, no! Wait, wait, that was that was last year. This year it's Patrick Graham. I want to say, yeah, yeah, Patrick Graham.
1: That's such a basic name. I'm, I've never yeah. heard of Patrick Graham. I'm not Lou Anarumo
0: was their DC last year. Uh, Patrick Graham, right this year, he was with the Dolphins. Now he's the DC. Uh, and is head coach for the Giants. Is out here running a bunch of two-gap stuff that is not, you know, indicative or helpful of the pass rush at all. The mm-hmm. Giants right now are, I want to say, yep, they're still 32nd in team pass rush win rate.
1: How are you with the Lions? They don't I, even try there.
0: They're 31%, the Lions are 32%. <laughs> Lions are 31 oh. overall, Giants are 32 overall. Oh, wow, now, that's bad. Yeah, li- Listen, the <laughs> bottom six teams in pass rush win rate include the Giants, the Lions, the Patriots, mm-hmm. the Packers, and mm-hmm. the Bengals. So all of these, like, so a lot of, like, Belichick-inspired defenses, right? And then the Titans... Where are the Titans? Oh, the Titans are 22nd with Javier Clowney. Yeah, this is nuts. These Belichick defenses do not want to pass rush. Anyway.
1: Well, they're missing Dean Pease in Tennessee, but yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah. They are not getting after the passer with any success. They are not running the games that Baltimore and Pittsburgh have. Mm -hmm. The Eagles will be able to block them more successfully with six than they have any defensive line so far this year, definitely in the past two, three weeks coverage wise they can take away your top receiver which is bad news for yes Travis Fulgham but the Eagles mm. don't really have a top receiver they do have Travis Fulgham are they, you going to th-
1: shadow are you going to shadow Fulgham with with, with James
0: <laughs> Davery I mean like what like you're going to leave him on John Hightower there's no reason Uh, The Eagles are going to be able to uncover from the slot fairly easily with guys like Hightower, with guys like Greg Ward, with Zach Ertz, who's not playing, with Jason Croom and and, and, and Akeem Butler and the guys, the the flex wide tight ends that they have that put out on the field. They're going to be able to throw the football, even with the injury to Zach Ertz, they're going to be able to throw the football with success. Deshaun Jackson comes back. That's an Mm -hmm. extremely interesting conversation about does Bradbury get him or not? Uh, Jackson's absolutely going to be able to take the top off this defense. Julian Love is their free safety. He does not have free safety range. This is a very, very bad unit that the Eagles are going to be able to throw the football against. Carson Wentz coming off of what I believe to be his best performance as a passer against the Ravens is going to have, I think, his next... Season best game against the Giants. I'm confident the Eagles are putting up points.
1: Yeah, their defense isn't like terrible. It just doesn't do anything. It's like you get to poke it with a stick. Like, no, they don't it's terrible. Badly.
0: I don't know who's saying their defense is not terrible. I'm
1: I'm saying when you look at like the, the, the analytics, like their 17th DVOA. Like that's not awful, but they just have like no pass rush. They aren't giving up the type of explosive plays that they used to give up. Like the 40 plus yarders with as much frequency. They are still bad. Don't get me wrong. It all looks bad. It's just it's not really bearing out in the analytics yet, which is which is interesting. And I think the Eagles will be able to take advantage of them.
0: I would put ungodly sums of money down that the Giants end the year worse than 17th DVOA. Oh, um, 100%.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah that's
0: yeah. surprising to me. It's probably like, I mean, they've gotten banged up on defense. So that probably the film I've watched is them worse than they were to start the year there's no
1: schedule adjustment yet either until like a week eight or something like that would right be and the they've LA, played so
0: probably... right yeah yeah. They, they've played some pretty toast offenses um right so if you look at eagles offense against this giants defense the matchups that you want to target are whoever you've got against corner two who from what i'm understanding from their injury report is probably going to continue to be ryan lewis you got 100% of the snaps last week sure Right. I don't see. Yeah. COVID opt out for Sam Beal. He's not coming back. Madre Harper's not coming back. Like, or not, uh, Corey Bounty's not coming back. So Madre Harper's on there. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be Ryan Lewis again. That's a tremendous, whatever matchup that is, even if it's John Hightower, that's the wide receiver you want to be looking at. Tight end wise, it's very interesting to think about what the Eagles are going to do. This is a team that screams 12 personnel in the Mm -hmm. Eagles' typical packages because they do not have a tight end takeaway guy. If it's Logan Ryan, it's your advantage. If it's, Blake Martinez, it's your advantage. If it's Tate Crowder, it's your advantage. Can the Eagles go 12 personnel with Jason Crew, Hakeem Butler, and Richard Rodgers?
1: And why right. would they?
0: Why were they going 12 personnel with Zach Ertz or Richard Rodgers, all right? They've stayed the <laughs> league's leading 12 personnel team despite Goddard going down, despite the fact that they're not good out of 12 personnel this year. <laughs> now, are they good out of 11 personnel over the past few, few weeks? No. John Hightower, Travis Fulgham, and Greg Ward was your 11 personnel set, with Deshaun Jackson potentially back. Yeah. Let us pray that they main 11 personnel against the Giants, because even then you're still getting matchups in, in outside and in the slot that you want. Um. So mm. whoever the Eagles have gotten the slot, avoiding James Bradbury is going to be the name of the game. I think we're going to see a heavier quick game approach as well. The Eagles really stepped away from their empty passing game approach in the first half against the Ravens and then started to lean into it more when they were behind in the second half. This is not the first time this season that they've kind of, Stepped away from that early and then had to rely on it late. I'm hoping that they bring that more so into the early packages. We've talked about the fact that the Eagles are really struggling to get Carson Wentz going in rhythm in the first few drives. It took the Steelers three drives, it took the Ravens like five drives to the Eagles offense to like get primed and woken up. You go empty, no huddle to start. That's going to get your offense kick started. I think, in my opinion. That, that I think is where Wentz is going to be the most comfortable. So that's what I would like to see in the offensive approach. God, if they run the football, we got to murder somebody. This offensive line is horrible. This defensive line is one of the best run-blocking defensive lines in the league. There's no Miles Sanders anymore to make it right. If they come out with a first and 15 run to Boston Scott, I'm going to throw something through the television. This is a let the Bronco buck game, baby. you got (laughs) to let Carson Wentz throw the football here. This is your best opportunity so far this season to really get him right. Really get him a good game. Mm -hmm. Let's freaking do it. Come
1: on! Or just establish the suck, whatever, whatever you want. Peterson, man, just get it done. Uh, yeah, just. Eagles the ball are still around.
0: like top ten in neutral situation pass rate too. Like they're still passing at a higher click. Yep. It's just like this should be the game that yeah. they really go for it.
1: Really go uber with it. Okay, we'll flip sides of the ball when we come back here on the Kissed and Solak show. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy.
0: We do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes.
1: We're back here on the Kist and Solak Show episode 202. SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, bringing it to you. Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. We are previewing the Giants and Eagles blockbuster Thursday night football. Again, get your popcorn. This is going to be exciting. Uh, Look, let's flip (laughs) sides of the ball. Let's go. Let's go with the uh, Giants offense against the Eagles defense. And uh, look, this Giants offense stinks. I think they're ranked uh, 32nd overall in DVOA. And that actually does match what you see on film. The offensive line is terrible. Like Kevin Zeitler used to be good. He doesn't look nearly as good as I remember anyway. Uh, Matt Peart came Peart. in. Peart?
0: Yeah, had a it's a de- weird he, one. It looks like Pert.
1: I think Pert. he had a decent game. last. I mean, he looked better than uh, Andrew Thomas has Dude, looked at any listen, point in the season. As
0: somebody who was super high on Matt Peart, really pleased to see how he performed against yeah. Washington. Mm-hmm. Do not ask me where I had Andrew Thomas ranked. It does not matter. I've Correct. known about Peart. <laughs> I was good on Peart, baby. I liked Peart. I knew it.
1: I was plugging Peart all over Nashville Radio in the lead up to the draft. So that's what I'm sticking with, too. Do not look at my Andrew Thomas ranking. But yeah, I like this two three. It Just, just anyway.
0: ignore completely. It's totally fine.
1: Uh, the rest of the line, Will Hernandez, you know, not taking that next step. Cameron Fleming is an absolute mess. Uh, and Daniel Jones is holding on to the ball, two point seven seven seconds average, like we talked about on the QB factory. They're not able to get the first read open. Uh, I've said before about Daniel Jones, he has to turn down his car stereo to read street signs. That's such, so like that's
0: when he- so. That's really good, but it's really <laughs> mean, but it's really good. <laughs>
1: Like the guy get when he gets when he gets bogged down in his progressions, he just becomes just a, a blind idiot in the pocket. It's very he's a turnover machine on top of it. And this offense has been completely undone by losing a running back. And if that happens to your offense, you had way bigger problems to begin with than just that. I mean, and they did when Saquon was there. I mean, remember, what was it, the the 10 carries or 16 carries for six yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers? They couldn't block anybody. They can't block anybody. And they can't throw the ball. They can't run the ball. This offense freaking stinks. If Darius Slayton goes off for 150 yards and two touchdowns, I'm going to lose my effing mind. Okay, but
0: Darius Slayton's pretty good. Yeah, true. Right now, so yeah. So Darius Slayton, (laughs) it was a fifth-round pick last year. This is his second year. He... Markedly leads the Giants in targets. Uh, he mm-hmm. leads them in yards per route run. He leads them in routes attempted. He leads them in yards per, per target. It's all great. He's came off against Washington, right? In, in the Washington game, he was coming off his best performance. In, in week five, he had against the Cowboys, I want to say 11 targets, over 100 yards. He had a touchdown, just his best performance of the year. And so it's like, all right, Giants versus Washington. Here we go, baby. Week six. And they gave him four targets. Once again, it led receivers, right? Because Golden Tate only got one. Austin Mack got one. And C.J. Board, who C.J. Board is a real person, got three. They don't really have anything besides Slayton. And they continue to give him just an even share. Like, it's like, all right, he's our leading receiver. And then we're also going to make sure C.J. Board gets three targets. Don't really understand what's happening there. Continuing on the list of things that I don't understand. Evan Ingram has the lowest... (laughs) yards per target which is crazy any tight end
1: all he does is running curls why why in the league
0: was this, this, was this
1: the big slot revelation that the, the revolution that was going to take the league when we imagined him coming out wait right. do you remember him. you
0: remember when evan ingram came to the combine yes six three two thirty five ran a four four two like i nearly lost do? my mind <laughs> he comes out he's the giants and he's like always been used a little bit more as a yak guy than i thought mm-hmm. was appropriate. And then Jason Garrett got involved, And he's like, ah, oh, yes, I know what to do with you. The Jason <laughs> Witten plan. You're it's Jason Flitter's.
1: Witten. What are you doing?
0: He has, so Evan Ingram has 0. 0.86 yards per route run on the season, despite the fact that he has 206 routes run, ran, routes. He's run 206 routes, which is like top 10. Yeah. So this puts him, his, his company is Jack Doyle, Harrison Bryant, Greg Olson, Ryan Izzo, Dan Arnold, Drew Sample, and Zach Ertz. So, like, that's a bunch oh. of names you don't know, and then a name of a dude who's really <laughs> been bad this year. So they just they. So passing it wise, okay. So we 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 refuse to feature Darius Slayton. He he does some really nice stuff for us, but then we're just gonna randomly take him out of the game plan. Okay, hmm. cool. We also are not gonna have Evan Ingram go deeper down the field. We're gonna make sure that we get Golden Tate his five targets per game, Ugh. all of which. You know, Golden Tate, like, you know, Yak over Expectation King is not that guy anymore. He's getting older. Mm. They lose Sterling Shepard. They put in Damian Ratley, who, in my opinion, is a better vertical receiver than a slot receiver. They play him in the slot. Yeah. Nothing for it. This offense weaponry is being massively underutilized. So you look to the offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. You look Mm. to the quarterback, Daniel Jones. You try to Mm. figure out what and why. Garrett is out of ideas. He's not running anything. No, there's nothing he lost his head coaching job in dallas got the offensive coordinator job in the giants and like the stress is off dude like if your offense is bad like okay you're gonna get fired whatever you've already been fired it's not like in dallas anymore jerry jones breathing over your neck you can try something nothing everything is west coast stick spacing it is what you build your zone coverage to beat is what jason garrett runs it's everything that you know it's everything that's familiar and then daniel jones who I bought a little bit of Daniel Jones stock Same. as a passer coming into this year because so I was like he's throwing the ball pretty well. I don't know what they have him look at. I don't know what yeah. they think he's doing. Let it either let him let him be Derek Carr and yep. just throw everything first read check down like a little panic boy, right. or let him be six four two ten whatever he is. Able to move, able to run, take him out of the pocket, let him extend plays, push the ball down the field.
1: Josh Allen type stuff. Right. right. Yeah.
0: But they he he they give him three concepts, like a, a three route comp three man route combo that breaks all within 12 yards, and they're asking him to hold the ball the entire time in the pocket. <laughs> what is he reading? Like if you're gonna right. choose, choose. If you're not gonna choose, at least send somebody deeper. At least give yourself some space. There's <laughs> no spacing. It's all so cramped, and Jones is so indecisive. And yeah. Okay, if you had like a Ben Roethlisberger, maybe Jones is the worst dude in the world to keep in the pocket with the ball. Yeah, the only like like if you think Carson Wentz is bad in the pocket, watch some Daniel oh. Jones film. Yeah, right. He just loves inviting pressure, and he never takes care of the football. There is nothing intuitive. There's nothing. And we talk about the McVay and the Shanahan offenses. This builds off of this builds off of this. Oh, here's here's Arthur Smith and Tennessee and the play action game off of Derrick Henry, and here's Matt LaFleur, two back sets. The, the the word for the Giants offense is it's disjointed. They have a bad offensive line that they asked to pass protect for too long. They have a good first read quarterback that they asked to read for too long. And they have bad receivers who they don't ask to space. It, it, there's nothing here. It is broken. It's disjointed. It's nothing.
1: And that's why the Eagles shouldn't give up more than what? I don't know. 13. Like if they give up 20 points to this stinking offense, the defense is seriously broken. Right. They well, got nothing the, yeah. going on.
0: By the same by the same token that you expect the Eagles to step up in a divisional game, <laughs> you should expect the Giants to, right? The Giants yeah, are coming but like, off their first win.
1: Come on, man! Right. Put Slay on, put Slay on Slayton, right? Cancel each other out, whatever. Make that go away. What do the oh, Giants have outside of that?
0: I can't wait to make a Slay Slayton joke. It's gonna be really bad too on Thursday okay. night. It will be a good time, you, right?
1: You, you cook that up.
0: <laughs> the Giants have scored more than. 16 points on offense once. So far, you had to go
1: down to six. (laughs) Only once? I thought you did that to make it like a bigger number.
0: No. (laughs) Only once. They scored 16 against the Steelers, 13 against the Bears. Nine against the Niners, nine against the Rams, 34 against the Cowboys, which, <laughs> man, that should tell you what you need to know about the Cowboys defense. Uh, and then they they have 20 points against Washington, but obviously they had the fumble return for the touchdown. Uh, yeah. So offensively, they put up 13.
1: That sounds about right.
0: Yeah. So that's what you're looking at for this team. And I think while they're they're identity-wise have like figured out some stuff and I think Jones has got some chemistry stuff that he's working with a little bit better like obviously the Slayton game against the Cowboys being a good example the injuries no Sterling Shepard no Saquon Barkley uh you know Devonta Freeman's got no juice at all right sitting Andrew Thomas like this this team's still also lacking for talent so yeah I would say that the benchmark you're looking at I mean you know Steelers Bears Rams they played some good defenses but they should be expected to score middle teams. You should you should not expect the Giants to score more than 16 points. This is finally a team the Eagles might be able to match up man-to-man with and be successful. Which mm-hmm. I said that about the Ravens and it didn't happen. So maybe I should stop saying that. But you should expect that in this case.
1: Yeah, and the defensive line should be able to eat. I mean, there's no reason that they shouldn't. And when they do that, they can they can really take over a game defensively. And that should happen here. I mean, I've got it 24-11, to 11, Eagles.
0: 11? 11. Joe Judge going for a little two-pointer?
1: Yeah, throwing a two point in there for someone. I was trying to work the math out in my head, like what's the exact scenario where we would have to go for two? Screw it. They're gonna score eleven. The Eagles are gonna score like twenty-three or twenty-four. If they're, they're gonna get the two point conversion. It's gonna be weird for a second, but then the Eagles are just gonna pull it away. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm seeing out of this game. I don't know about you. I have never been uh least looking forward to a divisional game than this one. Like this one oh, just I'm so seems excited. Like has- the Eagles I offense know,
0: might do- look good.
1: Right. Uh, Which is which is great. That sounds great. Right. But it's also like embarrassing. Like if the Eagles don't do all that great and they just like fart in the first half and like the world is watching. It's like that transitive like embarrassment that you feel. You know what I mean? Like it's not and it's not exciting to me beating the Giants like period. It's just it's just not like it should Uh. be a gimme win.
0: It's okay. Listen, we are 1-4-1. I'm going to get excited about a win. just give me win over here.
1: That's a contributing factor in it. We, should, we shouldn't be. Well, we are. We are at this point. We got half the fan pace doesn't want to go to the playoffs, Ben. Like, come on. I still want to go to the playoffs, so at least there's that. Ben, what's your final score prediction?
0: It's really interesting. I think that we're going to get more point- Is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here Sorry. trying to provide analysis. All right. <laughs> oh, pessimistic head. Go the- on. The, the most interesting thing for me here is how willing the teams are to not run the football. All right. So like I said, the Eagles yeah. are already, I think they're about top 10 in uh, a neutral situation pass rate. They're going up against the Giants, who's only redeeming quality on defense is their ability to stop the run. They're 15th and run stop win rate as a team. Losing Miles Sanders, I think the Eagles are going to throw the football a lot. And so I think they're going to score points early. The Giants are also right with the Eagles in terms of their neutral situation pass uh, passing rate. They're going against a team of the Eagles who are third in run-stop-win rate so far this year. Both teams not doing great in run-block-win rate at all. The Eagles are 13th, the Giants are 16th, the right amount average. I think we're going to see a pass-happier game than we usually do from the Giants. And I think the Eagles are going to continue to be pass-happy. I think that Wentz is going to throw the football well. And I do think that the Eagles' coverage units, even if they get Avante Maddox back, are going to do what they typically do. You know what I mean? Like, we laugh about Evan Ingram getting a bunch of targets on curls. Guess who can't cover curls from the tight end, the Philadelphia Eagles? So, I think we're going to see a lot of passes. I think both passing games are going to look better. The Eagles' pass rush will make the difference here. Some big turnovers could keep the Giants' scores down, but I do think we're getting, like, a, you know, more so, like, 27-13. A lot of scoring possessions, even if we get more field goals than touchdowns, sort of a day. So, I think there's going to be more points more yardage than people anticipate
1: i also think the eagles defense should be able to create some points off of uh the, the back of an ugly daniel jones turnover so maybe i'm selling them a little bit uh, uh yeah. a little bit short there look
0: forward to seeing you eat those words when carson wentz beams james bradbury on an out route at his own 25 and it goes for a pick 6 Oh, you
1: think i'm guaranteeing carson wentz <laughs> not having a turnover in this game like <laughs> brother it, this he's got to go one right. without one for that's me to be confident like, about that
0: i'm projecting pass heavy and i think that both passing games should have some advantages against the opposing secondaries but also these quarterbacks can make this thing <laughs> ugly very quickly but what's is playing better i believe baby yeah
1: so that's what you have to look forward to with the thursday night matchup uh sorry for the the quick is it a quicker show i don't even i don't even know what what, what, are, what are we at
0: no we're at we're like at 37, 37 yeah, yeah you like said the show. show and then i started talking
1: so stop complaining gentle listeners complain about ben ben are they complaining apologize
0: i don't know all right well, i'm just I'm getting we ahead listen of to you guys uh no <laughs> thank you as always for listening to the Kist and soul like show here on bgn radio we do appreciate you swinging by eagles giants thursday night football nationally televised audience watching our birds baby division lead on the line who do the cowboys play this week do we know?
1: I don't even I haven't even looked.
0: I haven't honest, thought about I the do. Cowboys beyond, you know.
1: <laughs> I ma- I made a pick in that game for Monday football. Washington. Monday the the SB Nation NFL show. It's was Washington? Wow. Yeah. I'm not okay. gonna watch that at all. Well
0: what, okay, what's your bet on the line, given how Dalton played against Cardinals?
1: Wow. I'm gonna say the Cowboys are still favorites by three and a half.
0: It is in Washington.
1: It is in Washington. Okay, well that's usually like three points to the home team then, right? I'm gonna go I'm gonna go one point favorite for the Cowboys.
0: I'm 98% sure it's exactly right. My keyboard died, so I cannot find this information.
1: Oh, okay. Well, we're going to figure this out. It is exactly, yeah. One point hey, favorite hey, Cowboys. Look hey. at this guy.
0: Come <laughs> on now, son. Uh, right, so potential loss there for the Cowboys with the red rifle at the helm, which means the uh, divisional lead is once again within grasp for your Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> against the Giants. Uh, for all of your preview purposes, as Mike said, you will find the Soul Solak show bracketed in your feed by all of our previous shows this week, including the BGN Radio Main Show with BLG and Jimmy Kemski. May they forever reign. If you enjoy the feed, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you listen to your podcast. And of course, for the written word, please check out bleedinggreennation.com. He's been Michael Kist on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. It's KISD. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter at Benjamin Solak, That's S-O-L-I-K. I really should have taken a breath before this. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We will catch you in the postgame.
1: We all we got. We all we need. Please don't embarrass yourselves.
0: (laughs) Don't make us look bad. (laughs) We don't want to deal with that.